Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Any chiropractors listening? I got like a crick in my neck that only activates itself at like 4 p.m. I'm, I'm good in the morning, I'm good at night, but somehow sitting in this chair right here, right here is where it hurts. If you're watching on Super Talk TV, this is Thunder and Lightning. I'll take all free medical advice I can get. Here on Super Talk Mississippi, I'm Brian Haydad. Rhino down there in Studio X, he's going to make sure everything is uh, the way it should be. As it should be. That's his job. And he will, he is the best at it. So glad to have him on board. Glad to have you guys here with us on a Wednesday evening. It is Wednesday. You do know what that means. It means if you want to talk to us here on the show or talk to me on the show, I don't know if Rhino wants to talk or not, but it's 601-879-4395. That's the text line. Feel free to, to chime in. We've got a great interview coming up in about 13 minutes. Former Mississippi State All-American Robert Bean, one of the best cover cornerbacks. Uh, in Mississippi State history, will join us this weekend as they celebrate the 1998 team and the SEC West champions. I thought it would be uh, apropos to have someone on from that team to talk with us, so Robert will join us and we'll relive some great memories. But before that, let's talk about the current team. <laughs> so we'll just dive right in. We we talked on this show and we talked a lot on the Thunder and Lightning podcast about Zach Arnett and and his future at Mississippi State recently, and now it feels as if every time you look up, there is a new uh, article being written about Zach well, that has Zach Arnett's name in it. Now there haven't been articles written just about Zach Arnett. Let's be clear about that, but. This is the time of year where the hot seat talk begins. You know, and the national guys start pinpointing the jobs that, you know, hey, you need to be keeping an eye on this and this, and maybe you don't need to worry about this because they have this this money tied up or, or whatever it is. Started with Andy Staples from On3 Sports. I'm not sure if you're all familiar with On3 or not. It's a, it's a new website. Very good. Uh, then Adam Rittenberg from ESPN had something to say about it. Had Zach Arnett in his hot seat list. Then Ross Dellinger, friend of this show, friend of mine. Uh, had wrote an article and had Zach Arnett in that, and then uh, just today, Brandon Marcello, uh, friend of the show, friend of mine, uh, had, had had Arnett on his hot seat list, and then today, uh, Bud Elliott. Well, I don't know. I can't claim him as a friend of the show nor a friend of mine, but he seems like a nice guy. Uh, had Arnett had a comment about Arnett on his show today, and and, and Bud Elliott's an interesting one. Because that's a guy that I know was not high on Mississippi State preseason. So he's seeing the season kind of play out the way that he thought it would. And yet he's still telling you that he believes Zach Arnett's on the hot seat. I mean, it's one thing when you talk to me, and I'm like, yeah, I thought State was going to be an eight-win team, and I had a lot of faith in what they were doing, and it's you know, I was just completely wrong, and I have to own up to that. 
So it'd be something for me to tell you that, yeah, I think Zach Arnett, you know, maybe they need to make a move from that. This is a guy who thought Mississippi State was going to be bad. Brandon Marcello was a guy who I, I think he had State last on his SEC ballot, SEC West ballot. These are guys who did not have high expectations for Mississippi State, and yet at the same time they are telling you that what you're seeing on the field has put Zach Arnett's job in jeopardy. Now that's a pretty strong endorsement of, of, of why he needs to go. If, if the people who thought you were going to be bad anyway think that you're much worse than they thought you were going to be, what are, we, what are we talking about here? And so with, with where Arnett is in the season, 4-4, four and four, with the games that are remaining, he's an underdog this week against Kentucky, he'll be an underdog next week against Texas A&M, he'll be an underdog at home on Thanksgiving night against Ole Miss. Obviously, he'll be favored to beat Southern Mississippi, and uh, uh, that that's a game that, I mean, as bad as things have been for State this year, they've been ten times worse for USM, no question about that. A loss in that game would be, I, I would go so far to tell you that if, if Zach Arnett and Mississippi State were to lose to Southern Mississippi, that Zach Arnett might not coach in the Egg Bowl. That would be it. Would be that dis- disruptive and disastrous of a loss. I don't think that's going to happen. Just for the record, um, but state, you know, kind of staring down the barrel of finishing five and seven, snapping their their bowl streak at thirteen years um, for the first. You know, miss, missing a bowl for the first time since Dan Mullen's first season in two thousand and nine, and then you go back to that 09 season. I mean, that team played much better than it did the year before. They were clearly improved. They played an incredibly difficult non-conference schedule. Georgia Tech and Houston were both ranked in the top 25 when State played them. Um, and, of course, they won the Egg Bowl convincingly at the end of the season. Could the same thing happen here? Could State, you know, they, they would need another win. They, they beat USM. But could they find a way to win the Egg Bowl and, and keep Zach Arnett around? What I would say is it's kind of the same debate we had with Joe Moorhead just a few years ago is that you can't allow one game to determine how you're going to move your program forward. Ole Miss kind of did that in 2017. I think if Matt Luke loses that Egg Bowl, that they don't, they may not have made him the, the, the head coach on a permanent basis. But he did win it, and they made what I would tell you was an emotional reaction. And two years later, they had to to remove him and get a new head coach, and they got Lane Kiffin. It's worked out great. Mississippi State, you know, two years ago, I guess three years ago now, you know, after the Egg Bowl, it looked like Joe Moorhead was going to stay on board, but then you have enough off-the-field issues and shenanigans, we'll call it that if you want to call it that, that you have to make a move because it's pretty obvious that the, the, the foundation of the program is cracking underneath your feet. And now you have Arnett. And I've, I've been saying this for the past few weeks, and, and I, I, I'm going to keep saying it as long as I can, that if you watch Arnett and you watch the demeanor in which he's coaching these games, if you watch the game on Saturday, if I made you take a shot every time Zach Arnett said something, you would have been stone-cold sober at the end of that game. He just kind of sat, sat there on the sidelines, arms crossed, looking around, didn't really engage his players as they came off the field. Didn't really engage with his uh, his assistants. Had his headset on, but the microphone, the, the speaker piece was was pushed up, so he's not really talking to anybody in the in the uh, the press box. Uh, it's just depressing. It's depressing to watch. 
And this is not the Zach Arnett I have seen coach the past three years. I keep saying that. You know, you guys have seen it. This this fiery guy yelling and getting in people's faces and 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 being uh, you know a, 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 a spark plug. Uh, it's just not happening right now. So, I don't know how you can possibly expect to win games and lead a team when they all they have to see the same things I'm seeing, right? Those players know who Zach Arnett is, and they see his demeanor on the sidelines, and like that's not that's not right. How do you lead like that? You got to be yourself. Being Zach Arnett, being what he was, is what got him to the point where Mississippi State said, "Be our head coach." Why would you change? Why would you want to change? Why would you th- even consider it? If state state loses this Saturday, these articles will continue to come out. You'll see one from Bruce Feldman. You'll see one from Tom Fernelli. You'll see one from our, everybody's favorite guy Barrett Sali. You'll see these articles are going to continue. The noise will continue and continue until the season ends, and then when we on Friday after the Egg Bowl, we'll see what happens. Or you can win and at least quiet the noise for another week. Is that going to happen? I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know, man. Because watching this team play this year, I mean, tell me right off the top of my head. The text line's right there, as I said, 601-879-4395. What does this Mississippi State team do well? Don't be sarcastic. Don't, don't be like they, they, they're good at losing. Yeah, I get it. What do they do well? They don't run the ball well. They don't pass the ball well. They don't stop the run well. They don't. They don't uh, stop the pass well. Special teams are okay, but they're inconsistent. They don't have a, an identity of being a tough, hard-nosed team. They're not exciting. <laughs> I've talked myself in, onto the ledge here. Goodness gracious! And it's just it's just not where you want your football program to be. Eight games into the season of your of your coaches of your head coach's first year, and so there's some real soul searching that has to be done. There's some real qu- deep questions that have to be answered. This isn't just about you know, gosh, they got to go out and get a quarterback. They they've got fundamental issues from the top to the bottom that need to be figured out. And if they don't figure them out, well, then this program is in in deep trouble. Because next year there's two more teams coming into the SEC. It's never, it's not going to get any easier for you. We'll see where it takes them. When we come back, we're going to be a little happier. We're going to relive some good moments, some good memories. The 1998 season with the great Robert Bean. He'll join us next on Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. Listen up! There is a storm coming! We are trying to connect with former Mississippi State uh, star Robert Bean. 
We'll get to them eventually here on Thunder and Lightning, live here on Super Talk Mississippi. If you ever miss this show, it's always available in the podcast form, mere moments after I, I stop talking. Just got to wait a few minutes there. And, of course, five days a week, you've got the Thunder and Lightning podcast with myself and Robbie Falk. That's always a lot of fun. Plus, we have a lot of extra great content on there. Also, this Friday, it's it's a dream scenario, ladies and gentlemen, a remote here in Starkville that only I will be on. No cross, no Borky, just me. And Rebel fans, I want you to know, if you're listening, and I know that you are, if you're listening, I just want you to know, we're going to talk about Ole Miss. You don't have anything to worry about. We're going to cover. That's the, that's a huge game. You're going to get my thoughts on it. I promise you. Plus, we'll have all the great stuff we normally have on a Friday. We have Will East join us to talk high school football. Bruce Marshall will join us to talk about some winners. Dr. Keenum will join us from uh, from Starkville. Charlie Winfield, director of the Bulldog Initiative. It's going to be a lot of fun. And no cross or borky to bring us down. How, how can we go wrong? So looking forward to being at the Greater Starkville Development Partnership on Friday. The 1998 season... Well, I mean, I don't think I'm telling any tales out of school when I tell you that it was a lot of fun. Um, it's such an interesting season. You think about the SEC West champion now, and you're thinking that's a team that went 12 and one, you know, 13 and one, something like that. That team was eight and five. Now they were eight and three in the regular season. Lost a non-conference game to Oklahoma State, six and two in the conference. Then lost in the SEC championship game to the eventual national champions in Tennessee. Uh, and then lost in the Cotton Bowl on New Year's Day 1999 to Texas in Ricky Williams' final game. I mean, I'll just just tell you that you, no team in the country was probably going to beat Texas in the Cotton Bowl on New Year's Day in Ricky Williams' final game. So I, I, I have made my peace with that, with that game. But it was a fun season. Um, the defense was outstanding, Jolie Dunn's defense. Um, Robert Bean obviously was a big part of that. That was the first year really where the big JUCO influx took took. Place and you had guys like him, Ed Smith, um, Ashley Cooper, so on and so forth. I'm probably mentioning some names that he knows. Robert Bean now joins us, and Robert, I was just talking about you know before there was the transfer portal, there was there was the junior college system, and Mississippi State took advantage of that. Jackie Sherrill loved to pluck guys out of the JUCO system. What was it about junior college football players that Coach Sherrill liked so much? Well, I guess that he knew that uh, we was hungry, you know, uh, having to go the uh, junior college route. Uh, we really wanted to succeed and do well, you know, uh, on the next level. And, uh, you know, we had some uh, camaraderie that, uh, you know, we was all just really, really hungry, hungry to mm-hmm. to be successful, hungry to win, you know. And, um, and we all just clicked. We all just came together and clicked. The, the when I think about the way you guys played it, it on defense, you know Mississippi State, the three three five, Joe Lee Dunn just getting after it. The key to that defense was to have a guy like you out there on the corner, to have a guy on the island that, especially in nineteen ninety eight, when when the teams weren't running these three and four and five wide sets all the time. If you could take away half the field, you know it, the job was pretty much done. When you think about Coach Dunn and what he asked of you as a cornerback, we, what do you remember of that? Well, I mean, Coach Dunn, he uh, he just wanted us to do our job, you know. Uh, if you do your job, then, you know, you trust your next man to do his job, and his defense should work, you know. Um, 
I like like the cover one on one. You know, uh, had Kendall Rumson on the other side. He was a good cover guy. So uh, we fit perfectly in the defense. And, you know, when um, any any receiver that lined up out there with any of our DBs, you know, we uh, kind of had him on lock. So uh, Jody Dunn, he was a mastermind at it. <laughs> we just wanted to fit a when you look at the white puzzle. Mm-hmm. When you look at the way this season played out for you guys, you know you had the loss at Oklahoma State, but then you turned around and, and really put three great games together, shutting out South Carolina, dominating Auburn here in Starkville, uh, and a game that I remember you had a touchdown in that game, did you not? Did you block a punt and take it back? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I blocked a punt, picked it up, and ran it in yeah. for a touchdown real quick. <laughs> yeah. Then an easy win over East Tennessee State, and then you get three wins at the end of the season there with Alabama, the famous game with Arkansas, and then the Egg Bowl up there in Oxford where you had another interception in that game as well. That three-game stretch at the end of the season to beat Alabama, you beat Arkansas, who had led the West the entire season, and then to go to Ole Miss. Is that, you know, when you think about your college career, is that really where you like to look, you know, think back the most at? Uh, yeah, I'd like to think back at that we didn't quit. You know, even when uh, teams score against us, we knew that we can score right back against them. You know, we were just a real uh, dog. One, we're all about dog fight. You know, we're trying to make this a dog fight, and we're going to fight all the way to the end. So we really persevered and stuck in, even when we was behind. Uh, that we, we knew we was going to come back. We knew the defense was going to stop them. We knew that our offense was going to score a touchdown. So, uh, you know, we just put our heart into it, and, and we just tucked it all the way through. The the Arkansas game is the one that everybody likes to look back at, you know, a game for the SEC West Championship. Uh, Mississippi State wins on the last second field goal by Brian Hazelwood. But that was a game where, you know, State had to put together an incredible drive to uh to, to to get into field goal range and before that had to make a couple of, of key stops. You know what are your your favorite memories from that particular game? Well, I remember uh, I remember I, all I thought to myself is if I had a chance, I'm gonna try to make a play. That's all I was really thinking about. And uh, and I knew they ran a little play action. I recognized from watching film. And I actually got an interception. Broke up the pass from the tight end, yeah. hit my arm. I saw the ball intercepted. You know, got a little yardage and went down. And I just knew that that we had a chance, a fighting chance. So uh, yeah, it was a great, great comeback on us. So that interception hit your arm. There was another interception that hit your leg a year later. I don't know if anybody's ever asked you about that particular play. Oh, the kick against uh, Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I was thinking yeah, about the was, uh, uh, the Egg Bowl in '99. Oh, the Egg Bowl, yeah, the Egg Bowl game. Yes, that was crazy. That was yeah. too old man. You, you had a knack for throwing up interceptions off of body parts. Is basically what I what I've learned. Yeah. Here, so. <laughs> <laughs> to me, to me, it was, so, it was the thing we did as kids. You know, you kind of play, uh, try to play butts up, kick the ball up, chip chip in. You know, you're out playing basketball, and you know, mm-hmm. I was out there having fun. So I was just creative at the moment. You know what I mean? So this weekend in, in Starkville, they're going to uh, they're going to to celebrate the '98 team. Uh, are you going to be in Starkville this weekend for the uh, for the for the uh, the yes, ceremony? Sir. Yes, sir. Oh, I'll be great. there. Yeah. 
when you think about that, that you know what it's going to mean for the for to see the, the that team and see the uniforms that you guys used to wear, which I know Mississippi State fans are thrilled to see back out on the field. The the interlocking MSU, the Miss State on the front of the jersey. That's the jersey that so many people identify with Mississippi State. You know what what are what are the feelings you you, you know you feel knowing that you're going to come back and be on, be on that field one more time? Well, I'm just just nostalgic, just shocked, just. Uh... You know, as I look back on it and understand how big the games were that we won and, and what we accomplished, um, I'm just I'm just happy to come back and just be a part of that. Um, you know, we put our blood, sweat, and tears on the field, and and uh, I had to, I needed to come back, I had to come back to this, I had to. Yeah. How often do you uh, do you get to talk to Coach Cheryl? Is that, is that a relationship that you know you text him every now and then for for whatever reason? Well, I I follow him on Facebook. Uh, I follow him all mm-hmm. on Facebook. Everybody in the Bulldog uh, section. Uh, he's come in. I chatted with him uh, a couple of times, once or twice. I think it's like once. But uh, he was telling me I need to come on back to Mississippi State. At the time I was working, I couldn't get there. So uh, this time I'm able to uh, get there. You know, parents. Yeah, should be a, an incredible thing to see the team and see those guys who meant so much to Mississippi State. You know, the only Mississippi State team to make the SEC championship team to win the SEC West, and with the SEC West going uh, sort of going out of business at the end of this year and no more divisions, they'll be the only yeah. one of all time. Robert Bean, I really appreciate it. Next time you see Fred Smoot, you tell him I said that you were a better cornerback than him. <laughs> I let him know. <laughs> He won't. Thank he you. won't like that. But you tell him I said it. So appreciate it, Robert. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time, man. I let him know. All right. Thank you. That's Robert Bean, Mississippi State cornerback, All SEC player for the Bulldogs back in 1998. That team will be honored at halftime. Coach Cheryl will be here along with a lot of the great players from that 1998 team. I, you know, as a guy who was in college still in 1998 and got to follow that team and go to a lot of their games. I was at the Egg Bowl there in 98 when they when they clinched the uh, the SEC West and and won the Golden Egg Trophy. It'll certainly be great to see some of those guys and that nostalgia that he was talking about there. Uh, I will definitely be feeling that as well uh, up there in the press box. Plus, I can't wait to see these uh, these uh, throwback uniforms. In my opinion, Mississippi State should throw out the other uniforms and just go with this. That is the Bulldog look that we all know and love. So, All right, we've got to talk a little bit more about this actual game this weekend, Mississippi State-Kentucky. We'll do that when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning Live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Today and lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. I want to thank Robert Bean for joining me. Appreciate that stroll down memory lane. Good memories with the 1998 football team. And looking forward to seeing those guys, like I said, uh, in Starkville this weekend. But there is the game, the matter of the game to be played. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. Rhino down there in Studio X. He's uh, 
He's he's better at his job than I am. I'm 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 just barely hanging on here, folks. I'm just, no no chiropractors listening, by the way, evidently. So no nobody nobody uh nobody called in and was like, hey, this is what you need to do. So I'll just sit here and suffer, I guess. Also want to point out that we have dropped to number six in the the rank the sports news podcast rankings in Nepal. I don't know what's going on over there. They're doing so well, and now we're just we're falling apart here. Let's see if I'll I'll get on the the phone with our our Nepalese uh, people and uh, see if we can we can figure that out. Um, so Kentucky is an interesting team. They're kind of like Mississippi State in that they're 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 having what they would probably call a disappointing season. The difference is they got off to a really hot start. They were five and zero, and they looked like a team that was going to challenge in the SEC East. And then they went and played Georgia, got smacked in the mouth there. But you're thinking, okay, it's Georgia, and Georgia's the number one team in the nation. Well, you know, no big deal. Then they got smacked in the mouth at home against Missouri. Now Kentucky is historically under Mark Stoops a really bad team on the road, but they've been really tough at home, and they've turned Kroger Field, or as some people would call it. Kroger's Field uh, into a place where it's tough to play. It's tough to win there. So Missouri just going in there and not only beating them, but handling them a little bit was very surprising. And then last weekend they lose to Tennessee again at home. That was, you know, that was a, a, a Tennessee is a, a better team, I think, than Kentucky. But Kentucky played well, just didn't play well enough to win. And that was really the first game this year where their quarterback, Devin Leary, has played well. There were some high hopes for him. He had been really good at NC State, but he had not delivered this year until last week when he threw for over 370 yards and a couple touchdowns. The big transfer for them has been Ray Davis, the running back out of uh, Vanderbilt, who's been one of the best running backs in the conference this year. But he wasn't good last week. I feel like if they could have gotten a good game out of Davis and Leary, they probably would have beaten Tennessee. As it is now, after a 5-0 start, they're sitting at 5-3. and Next week, they play Alabama. So they're in a tough spot here where they, they really need to get a win and try to get some sort of momentum back. They finish out the year with South Carolina and then their in-state rivalry game with Louisville. Those two games are on the road. And again, I should say that Mark Stoops, historically, not that anybody's a great road coach. I mean, I'm sure Saban's record on the road is fine. But his record is especially bad, and he has never... Not one time beaten an SEC West team on the road, which, you know, as you might or may not be aware, Mississippi State is one. Um, State has not lost to Kentucky at home since 2008. The road team has not won in this series since 2014. State's first game as the number one team in the nation. They went to Kentucky. And if you remember that game, it was chippy, and it was a struggle. State finally pulled away, where Kentucky scored late to cut it to, I think, seven and uh, they, they go for the onside kick, and Christian Holmes scoops that up and takes it the, the distance for the touchdown to put the lead back at 14 and kind of put the game away uh, for Mississippi State. That's the last time the road team won. State won in Starkville in 15, 17, 19, and 21, and obviously 16, 18, 20, and 22, Kentucky was able to win uh, in Lexington. Uh, the last time Kentucky was here, they came in ranked, I think, in the top 10, certainly a top 15 team, and Mississippi State absolutely dominated them. Uh, that was one of the best games of Will Rogers' career. I think he was something like 34 of 37 in that game. He set an SEC record uh, for passing uh, uh, completion percentage with more than 30 attempts. Uh, was just really, really good in that game, and State was able to run the ball effectively in that game as well. I think Dylan Johnson had a couple of touchdowns. 
he or Marks went to one of the two. I don't I don't recall off the top of my head. Um, but State kind of dominated that game uh, and and got the got a win. It was a good win over Kentucky uh, at the time. And of course, that Kentucky team ended up winning ten games in twenty twenty one. Since then, though, only six wins last year, and like I said, five this year. And you know, if they can win this weekend, you feel like maybe they can get their season going a little bit, and they can maybe get South Carolina, who isn't very good. And then in their rivalry game at the end at the end of the season, you guys know as well as I do, anything can happen in those games. But if they lose this weekend, what happens? That's that's an interesting uh, situation. And George from West Point, Kentucky will have the best game of their season when they play Mississippi State. That's the concern, right? Because that's what every quarterback has done this year. Jaden Daniels and Spencer Rattler and Jalen Milrow and Bobby Watsahusett from Western Michigan and uh, you know Peyton Thorne all had career days. The only one who didn't was KJ Jefferson. And I think we can we can we have enough evidence at this point to know that that Arkansas team is really really bad. They're worse than Mississippi State is. You know, you watched Auburn last week, a team that, if you've watched Auburn play this year, they have not been able to throw the football on anybody. Not Cal, not Ole Miss, not LSU, not Arkansas, I'm sorry, not Arkansas, not Texas A&M, not anybody. They have been awful throwing the football, and they have their best day throwing the football they've had all year against Mississippi State. That secondary is just, it's just bad right now. And then, you know, Leary coming off of his best game of the year, I mean, he's got to have some confidence and some momentum. So that's your concern is that you're going to look up on Sunday morning and Devin Leary was 27 of 32 for 288 yards and three touchdowns, and that's just kind of how the game went. So for Mississippi, and then you have Ray Davis also. It's not like you can just sit back and try to stop Leary because then Kentucky will run the football on you. Both of these teams have sort of the same problems that I don't feel like they have much of an identity. And these are two teams that normally their identity is, is pretty obvious, right? Mississippi State and Kentucky, you know, those are tough, hard nosed football teams. I don't get that impression with either one of these teams this year. I don't think either one of them are, are particularly tough or hard nosed. Kentucky has, has been, you know, not great defensively this year, and under Stoops, that's been such a hallmark of theirs. And the same, obviously, is true of Mississippi State. Uh, from the state perspective, I still don't expect uh, Will Rogers back for this one. Jaquavius Marks, who missed last week, I mean, it's just iffy. It's just up in the air with him. Obviously, him being back would be a huge boost for the Bulldogs. But I don't know if you can expect him back or not. I definitely don't expect Rogers back. Maybe next week is what I would tell you with Will Rogers. Maybe next week. Southern Miss, I would feel like you might, if you're doing NFL uh, injury reports, I would say probable at that point for him. But we'll see. Gosh knows we're not going to get any uh, any kind of updates on that situation. So this is a big game for both teams, and it's it's probably a little bigger in reality for Kentucky because their season they feel like they still have something to play for, right? They they could still win, uh, I would say eight games and finish with nine in a bowl game. You know, I don't think they're going to beat Alabama, but they're five and three. They could they could be eight and four. They're favored. They're going to be favored here. They'll be favored against South Carolina, I would think. And then, like I said, with Louisville, Louisville's a really really good football team, but those 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 rivalry games can get a little crazy every now and then. But if but if they lose this game, and I did an interview today with uh, with John Hale from the uh, Lexington Herald Leader, and I'll just give you a little spoiler alert. He says he thinks if if Kentucky loses this one, they're losing out. He's got them finishing five and seven, and you know I think he I didn't ask for a prediction. I got the impression he thought Kentucky was going to win, but he did not. It, it wasn't very confident in it, and he as well you shouldn't be. Kentucky's played very poorly these past few weeks. This is two not great football teams playing each other. If you want to do the uh, the hate ad three prong prediction system, uh, better quarterback Kentucky, 
Where's the game? It's in Starkville, so it's 1-1. Better coach? Eh, Stoops. So Kentucky would have a 2-1 edge, and that would lead me to pick Kentucky, which, uh, again, another spoiler alert, that's coming in a, in a few. I guess I'll go ahead and, and do that now because we're going to talk some hoops in the last part of the show. But, yeah, yeah, I think Kentucky's going to win this football game. I think that Kentucky, they have more to play for. Uh, I think they're, they're, they're still a little bit more locked in than Mississippi State is. Leary coming off that big, big game against Mississippi State secondary. I feel like that's a mismatch that Kentucky's going to be able to take advantage of. Uh, State has just not been good defensively. I feel like Kentucky will put points onto the board and then State offensively will not be able to keep up. So, you know, if you're asking for a score, something like 31 17, something like that, I, I think that. I, I just don't see Mississippi State being able to stop Kentucky enough, and I don't see Mississippi State being able to get enough points on the board to win. And at that point, you know, State's four and five, three games left. They should be able to beat Southern Mississippi, but it's looking like five and seven, and that goes back to the, what we talked about in the first part of the show uh, of you know where is Zach Arnett going to be on the day after Thanksgiving. My wife just asked, "What exactly was wrong with Will's shoulder?" I'm sure it's not separated. I mean, if you can find out, if you, Dwayne, if you can get an injury update out of Zach Arnett, you tell me how you did it. You let me know. I mean, I can tell you what I've heard, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not. I'm not going to talk about a, a, an injury in terms of that nature. I got to know before I, I will discuss that because you know that that's not right. But you don't get that kind of information. You're not getting those updates, so. This is what it is. Let's talk some hoops when we get back. Mississippi State got the uh, 23-24 season started in an exhibition on on Sunday. Let's talk a little bit about what we learned about the Bulldogs in game, it's not even game one, game zero against Southern Mississippi down there in Hattiesburg. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. If they call a celebration penalty on this, I'll shoot them. Thunder and Lightning, live here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. If you haven't already, please bookmark the Super Talk website. Why? Well, because everything you need to know is there. It's like Wesley McGriff's defense. It's the website that has everything. No, but seriously, for, for news, opinion, sports, weather, everything happening in our great state, it's right there at supertalk.fm, and it's free. It is no charge. Unlike some of these other websites where it's like however much a month, all we ask is that you that you like us. You do like us, don't you? Okay, great. Good to know. 
I like Mississippi State basketball, and uh, they got off to a good start. Uh, exhibition game against Southern Mississippi. That Southern Mississippi team, kind of an interesting story. Missing one of their best players the same way Mississippi State is, but they picked, I think, fourth preseason in the Sun Belt, so they'll be right there in the mix of things in that conference this year. I, I like what Jay Ladner is doing with that program. Uh, but State gets the win, 60-54. to Double figures, leading scorer, Josh Hubbard, the true freshman out of uh, out of Jackson, out of... Uh, Ooh, I don't want to get the MAIS school wrong. Did he go to the MRA or Jackson Academy? Somebody let me know. I know it wasn't prep. Where did he go? Somebody tell me. Text line 601-879-4395. Somebody help me out here. I'm pretty sure it was MRA. He didn't go to prep. Somebody's going to have to tell me. Anyway, he had 13 points. That's a guy who I think with Tolu Smith out is going to have to play a little bit of a bigger role. I think State's going to have to... To have some situations where they go small, they play three three guards, maybe go with Jeffries, and uh, they do go to MRA. Okay, good. Thank you. I, I felt I felt pretty good in that. Uh, I think that you know they'll 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 go three guards with with Jeffries and Matthews sometimes. Although Jimmy Bell's going to get a lot of minutes as well, but State's got some depth there in the backcourt, and I think they want to take advantage of that. Also of note, uh, Andrew Taylor didn't play in this game. The transfer out of Marshall, who I expect to be if not a starter, one of the first guys off the bench and be a big, big contributor for Mississippi State this year. Didn't play in that game for personal reasons. Obviously, Tolu Smith and Keyshawn Murphy still out for uh, for injury reasons. I think they feel like they're going to get Keyshawn back maybe you know a few weeks into the season, if not sooner. So they, they, they feel like he's coming along nicely. Tolu, we had Chris Jans on with us last week. He said mid-January. So you know maybe three, four games into SEC play, you could see Tolu Smith back on the court for Mississippi State. State's going to have to rely on their guards. They're going to have to rely on Davis, Moore, Taylor, Hubbard, and then Matthews and Jeffries doing the dirty work uh, down low with Bell. They just, you know, losing losing Tolu really hurts them in terms of their front court depth, obviously. But I, I feel like they've got enough players to grind out enough victories to to stay in the tournament conversation until he gets back. You know, I don't. You know, you think about a season ago, the non conference was really what got the Bulldogs into the big dance. Uh, they they only lost one game in the non-conference. They had a quad one win beating Marquette. They had a quad two win in beating uh, Utah. And that was what sort of carried them into the conference play And so that when they got hot at the end of the year, it had them in that the net area where they needed to be to get in. So they need that happen. They need to have that happen again. This year's conference uh, non-conference tournament, I don't know that there's a game like the Marquette game on the schedule. Now there could be. But they've got a lot of neutral site games, so those don't those don't penalize you as much. And if you can get wins, they can be big bonuses uh, for Mississippi State. They play in a tournament with Washington State. Uh, they play Georgia Tech in Atlanta. That'll be a true road game in the SEC ACC Challenge game. Uh, they have a game in Tupelo that I know of. Um, they have the Barstool Classic, which they start. That's where they tip off as we speak. You know, a week from today is the first game of the season, November the eighth, uh, against Arizona State up there in Chicago at the Barstool Invitational. Brandon Walker likely to be at that game. Uh, so we're, we're we're basically here. You know, we're we're at the start of basketball season, and I'm, I'm I couldn't be uh, I couldn't be more excited. It was MRA. Good, good. Enjoy the program. It's all facts. Now I feel like I want to tell a lie. I would be like, by the way, I'm very handsome. No? Okay. Uh, thank you. I do appreciate that. I, one thing I, you know, I may be right and I may be wrong, but I always tell people, I, am, I, am I telling you, am I, could I be wrong? Sure. But am I lying? No. No. 
No, I'm, I'm not lying. I try to, I try to, try to bring the truth, if nothing else, here. So, speaking of the truth, the governor's debates tonight. I'm sure, I'm sure there'll be plenty of that going both ways on that one. Those guys will, will have a great time. You can hear all about it tomorrow on Paul Gallo and with my 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 good buddy Gerard on middays. Uh, but none of that on Sports Talk Mississippi. Tomorrow on Sports Talk Mississippi, uh, Richard Richard should be there, as far as I know. I don't know what his PTO situation is. He's he's into the hundreds of days now that he's been off this year. So uh, I think he's actually been off and then worked every other day. But I'll be there. And I'll be there Friday in Starkville at the Greater Starkville Development Partnership. Just me! Yay! You guys have got to be excited for that. Come on, it'll be fun. Friday show with just me? You can't beat it. All right, guys. Talk to you tomorrow. For Rhino down there in Studio X, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.